Right, just start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just same, start. same like last week, brother. Good evening, sports fans. Welcome to another episode of Sports Recap Live. Recap, Recap Live. Live. I am your host, uh, Matthew Shaw, joined always by the other host and producer, Paul. How's it going, guys? Good, good. And always on the other end of the line, we got Anthony. What's up, Anthony? Uh, what's going on tonight, gentlemen? Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't be joined by Chris tonight, but I know uh, he'll be back next week with us. So it's a good good time again for sports. Coming off the Super Bowl now. Yeah, those two are my best friends across the table for me. Well, I guess we're not across the table anymore, are we? <laughs> across, across the podcast table, though, right? The proverbial podcast table, I guess. That's Anthony's right. Cross, Anthony's crossed about five states. That's about right. All right, but yeah, like you said, we had the Super Bowl. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Uh, Paul decided to be a little smart A and message us halfway through the Super Bowl. Oh, I guess I was right about the 49ers. Yeah, that that lasted all the 10 minutes. I jinxed it. I definitely jinxed it. But you got to admit, you guys weren't expecting that kind of game, were you? It looked like they were going to take it all the way. And then all of a sudden, from what I understand, what's this? What's the, the quarterback's name? My homies. My, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, yeah. That guy, he just like flipped the switch. It was really weird. It felt weird because it was like the whole momentum seemed to be like San Francisco for like the longest time. Then all of a sudden, and, and the commentators were saying, they were like, you know, he's a second half, fourth quarter quarterback or something like that. And I'm like, come on, you know, really? Sure enough, he just flipped the switch and what was it? Like, uh, well, I guess you guys are going to talk about it. Yeah, no, he definitely flipped the switch. I mean, it's, it's, it's the, I think the third straight game in the playoffs, they were down the first time they were down 24 nothing. Then the Tennessee, they were down 17 7, 20, what was it, 2010? And he brought them back all three times. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's got to be one of the first teams in the playoffs to come back every game. Like, But, I mean, it's just, it wasn't really all Patrick Mahomes either. I think, you know, Dar- Damian Williams had a great game. You can almost take away that last touchdown. You know, I mean, it was a very late run. You know, it should have been, you know, maybe 24-20, but the late run made it 31-10, and Patrick Mahomes took home the MVP. I tell you what, beginning of that game, though, that that first touchdown drive he had, I don't know about you, Anthony, but I thought he died on that hit. Hey, you know what? what, All I saw on that hit was that the other guy got hurt from hitting him. Um, I know, but at first glance, you're just like, oh, God. It was a big hit. But but, but you know what? You're in the Super Bowl. You know, you got months after this where you're going to have, you know, Plenty of time before the new season starts, but you're going to have months of recuperation where he played like you got Yeah, you got to take that extra play. You got to take that extra, you know, make that extra move because, like I said, you're going to have those couple months now where you're not going to be back on the field, even just for you know for workouts and stuff like that. So, you know, Mahomes isn't doing that, and I don't think most people will be taking those hits in week four or five of the regular season. But when you're in the Super Bowl, you got to make the plays to win the game. And like you said, the, he was the MVP. He made the plays that needed to happen and. The Chiefs made the comeback, and you got to give them praise because they did it all postseason, like you said. Especially, I still think that first game, real that first game they played, really set the tone uh, with the Texans when they were down twenty-four nothing. And not only did you they, they win that. that game, they they took the lead in the first half. You know, it's it was just unbelievable. And hats off to the Chiefs, a great season. And this isn't anything to say about the Forty ers because the Forty ers played a heck of a game. 
but unfortunately similar and we talked about this with the titans and i know we didn't talk about it on here because it was you know before we had our re-debut last week and if you haven't checked that out please make sure you go check that one out as well um but they they got away from their game plan the titans were a running team the 49ers were a running team and they tried to put the ball in their respective quarterbacks in Tannehill and in garoppolo talking about like respective running games they got away from their game plan early the 49ers but the 49ers were a team that did that all season and i think now you got to talk about too because the 49ers have a lot of talent especially on the you know defensively offensively when you talk about all the players they have on that team but one of the things that really sticks out to me is shanahan uh, because this is not the first time that he's had a lead in a Super Bowl, not just, you know, in a big spot. And he's kind of talked himself out of the game plan. You know, this wasn't like either in the past game when they played the, with the Falcons as the offensive coordinator. This game, the Chiefs had thrown an interception. Mahomes had thrown an interception, and then they get the ball back, and he proceeds to go three and out and doesn't do anything with the ball and gives it right back to Mahomes. And, I mean, the rest is history. Obviously, now you see what Mahomes did. They scored 21 unanswered. Like you said, the Damian Williams one was kind of just the final, the finals, you know, final nail there for the game because they were already up 24-20 at that point, and the first down was pretty much icing it, but they kind of just put the extra on top. But they just talked themselves out of their game plan, and I don't know what it was, but I read something that, you know, I think it was Greg Kittle that said it was just rough to see Shanahan because you could see how upset he was after the game. And the 49ers are a good team. Don't get me wrong. And I think they're going to be back in this position again, whether they're in the Super Bowl or not again next year. I don't know. I think if you had to make me choose between the two, I think the Chiefs have the better opportunity to go back to the Super Bowl as opposed to the 49ers. But I think both teams are definitely young and have the right pieces in place to continue to be contenders in their respective conferences for the next five years or so at least if not longer yeah i'm looking at the stats from the game and you knew it was going to be a hard game for the cheap for the 49ers when or is it real quick? garoppolo had to throw the ball um, for 31 times game plan for him to throw 31 times at all and also i mean kittle four reception 36 yards he's probably your most dangerous weapon and Either he was taken out the game or Jimmy G and him just don't have a good connection, which highly unlikely because he was with the Patriots. He should know he was tied in, but you're right. Um, like the Titans, they got taken out of their game plan, and it showed. I mean, he even though he was 20 for 31, I mean, still only 219 yards. That's not a lot of yards passing. They're really short dump-offs, and that's exactly what Kansas City wanted, and they made the bigger play. Um, the one thing I found funny about the was the catch from Tyree Kill on the third down that pretty much set the game win? You know, Richard Sherman. I know, I know your your fiance is. is you know, she, she's a Seahawks fan. She knows Sherman, but it only came came around full circle for him where he talked all that crap about Crabtree when he was a 49er, and now when he's a 49er, he's the one who got burnt on the play. So I think you know his little trash talk came full circle, if you know what I mean. No, I agree. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm saying. It was just like the little plays. But even you talk about that third down play, that ball was just like, you know, he, the, 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 the strength it took from Mahomes because people are like, oh, that ball was just up there. And Tyreek had to come back. People don't realize that he threw that ball flat footed. It wasn't like he, he leaped into it and threw that ball 40 yards because there was a defensive end bearing down on him and he had to make that throw quick. He didn't really get all of it behind it. But still, the fact that he got it over there, yes, was it the best-looking throw? No, but it was still a tough play, and he made the play that he needed to play, and 
like I said, that's why the Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions right now. But I'm really interested to see these offseason moves. I know we got about a month before we see free agency and things like that really take into effect. And then obviously the draft in mid-April. So I'm really excited to see where teams go to kind of build on. I know both of those teams are going to have to, you know, give it, they're going to give extensions to some players, kind of see who they're going to keep and who they're going to bring back. If they're going to, you know, go a different route in certain spots. Same thing with the, you know, talk about the chiefs. They have some big free agents. I know one of the big ones right away is Chris Jones, their defensive lineman who I think they're going to look to keep. And what happens, what happens with these teams that just missed, for instance, like, uh, the Baltimore Ravens that had all of those goals, you know, they're the best team in the AFC were playing hot Eric football. Weddle all just the, retired today, too. Yeah. And they're playing hot football all the way down, you know, down the line. And then what happens? You know, they kind of, they just had another bad playoff game. Do they, you know, reevaluate some players and see who no, they No, then they ran in? into the Tennessee Titans. That's what happened to them. Woo! And the Titans got eliminated the next round. So what do the Titans think? Do the Titans go and make some different Pass moves? Do they, do they, do they bring rush. back the exact same players? Are they able to retain some of their big free agents? I know Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Jack Conklin, just to name a few, are all three of those brought back plus more? Do they go a different route in the secondary? Like you said, the pass rush. So there's a lot of questions about teams that are right there, you know, towards the end of the playoffs and teams that, want to be there at the end of the playoffs that are going to have to make moves in the offseason. And I think this is going to be a very interesting offseason because there's a lot of big name players out there, especially uh, when it comes to, you know, players that made an impact on their team this season that might not get the money they want. and might be elsewhere next year. No, you're, you're right. You're right. Um, I think that's a pretty good segue into our next segment. Speaking of moves, I think, uh, you want to go ahead and start talking some NBA moves today? Good Lord. Yeah, I, I mean, it was a very active trade deadline once again uh, in the NBA. I know that there was some saying that would be a more of a quiet trade deadline. But I feel like that last couple hours before 3 o'clock, there was a lot of big moves uh, being made. And I heard some moves that were talked about that never actually came to fruition. Um, a lot of teams were active and trying to see, hey, what can we get? What do you want for this player? You know, if I give you this, can we can we make something happen with this? And there's some deals that were on the table that, you know, never got finished because they were not they were just kind of still a part in the negotiations and three o'clock comes. And unfortunately, if it's not made, then it's not made. Uh, the big one that stood out to me was D'Angelo Russell to the Timberwolves uh, from Golden State. They had talked about this when Golden State signed him for that contract, that they weren't sure of what the reasoning behind it was originally. And they said they always thought that it was going to be something where they traded them at some point. Uh, the Warriors obviously were not expecting all the injuries they had this year and the record they're playing at compared to where they were, you know, the previous previous seasons, that they were always a contender, multiple time champions. Um, so considering where they are right now, I think it was a smart move for them to unload their biggest trade chip that they were looking to trade in this move and get something back. Now, I think they probably could have got more. But I think the Timberwolves, you know, instantly get an impact player by adding him with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, so it's a very good move for them. The biggest one of the ones that really was a head scratcher to me was the Andre Drummond to the Cavaliers. Uh, the Cavaliers are not really a team that's going near any kind of contender for the playoffs. And now they have Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, 
and Andre Drummond. So three big men. Um, and I heard they were trying to move Tristan Thompson. The Rockets were one of the teams in on, on him, but the asking price was just too high and they ended up sticking with where they were because the Rockets made that move uh, the day before. I think it was the day before or two days before where they got Capella in a, a trade limit, a four-team trade where they got Covington back, who's a great defender. But that left them without a big man. I think they said all of their players now on their team are 6'6 six, six or under. Uh, so they don't have a true center. Their center now is going to be someone. I, it's going to be P.J. Tucker, I heard, that they're going to run at center, who is about 6'6", six, six, I want to say. And I could be wrong on that. But no big, no true big man on that team. They tried to make the move with Thompson there at the end. But this team, you know, now is going to be – they were already a, a, a big-time three-point shooting team. Um, Covington definitely can shoot the three and is a great defender, like I said. But it's going to be interesting to see how this dynamic of this team plays because they're not going to have that guy that's going to go down, you know, down, down low and be able to post up someone or play defense on a big guy such as an Anthony Davis, for instance, on the Lakers when you think about the West, Western Conference. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see how some of these t- things pan out. And I know, Matt, another one I didn't mention, too, was uh, Marcus Morris got traded to the Clippers. Uh, the Lakers ran on him as well. So that's going to be interesting to see because Marcus Morris can definitely be an asset to the Clippers down the stretch uh, with already a Paul George and a Kawhi Leonard. And, a, you know, to me, one of the best benches, if not the best bench in the NBA with Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell, as, as well as many others on that team that I didn't get to name. But just a great, uh, you know, trade deadline from what I saw. And I know, Matt, you're going to want to touch on the Wizards. So I'll let you touch on that one. Not maybe a major move, but still a move nonetheless. Uh, the Wizards were more about like trying to get cap space and whatnot. Um, really, any, any all the pieces they moved, there was no one really big. They brought in some young guys who really aren't proven yet. Uh, they brought in a guy, I think it was um, Robinson. I think was a uh, I think it was like a third first round third pick out of Boston College. Hasn't played many minutes, so really they just brought in little role pieces. I still think the Wizards team they're rebuilding. They actually have some good young talent. They're just, I mean, pretty much just waiting for John Wall. That's the game right now. Um, another trade you didn't touch on that I really liked was the Sacramento Kings got from Atlanta. They got Alex Lynn and Jabari, Jabari Parker, which I think for Sacramento is not bad. I mean, Lynn has been from the Maryland, you know, Maryland University, right where I'm from. Um, good center, very, you know, I think I saw some stats where like not many people are scoring on him because of his length. So in Sacramento, they, they need a big man to go with Buddy Hyde. So that should be interesting. Uh, see for Sacramento is one we didn't really touch on. So I, I like all the moves that happened. It's a very active tra- uh, um, trade deadline. I love it when it's like this. You know us. We love when baseball does this. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I think it's better for the game when these trades go down. And another one that's coming up for you pretty soon that I know you w- can't wait for is the NHL one, and hopefully we can get a little special guest on when we break that down, if you know who I mean. Without a question, I completely agree on that. Um, That will be another one. And like you said, it's just the big thing is the deadlines. You know, when it comes to trades, it's always a good time um, for any sport because like People panic. People panic, make deals they don't want to. The other, on both sides, whether it be receiving a player or trying to trade away a player that they know they're going to lose. They sometimes undersell or oversell it. So it's always cool and interesting to see what ends up happening with that. So I agree with you 100%. And now the NHL deadline's coming up. So it'll be uh, interesting. And then we got baseball. We got pitchers and catchers coming real soon. Well, I mean, if we're talking deadlines, why don't we talk about the biggest trade I think of the week? I think it's bigger than 
anything in the NBA, and that's Mookie Betts and David Price are being shipped over to the Dodgers, which, you know, my buddy Bob Nightingale, geez, the guy just last year, the Phillies, and now all of a sudden, oh, the Dodgers this year. So, I mean, the Dodgers definitely are the favorite to win the World Series with Mookie Betts at the top of that lineup. David Price, I've heard rumors he may go to the bullpen. I heard he's going to be a starter. You know, he's been... Price, he's really gone downhill since he signed that big contract. Um, this really wasn't about the Red Sox rebuilding. This was about the Red Sox dumping two big contracts and one contract that actually was going to come up Mookie when he says you're in test free agent. Free agency, might as well get rid of him now. But this definitely changes the landscape and the NL. As we saw the ripple effect, the Nationals, the Phillies, they started to contact the Cubs about Chris Bryant. So, I mean, you're seeing this, that the ripple effect is happening and these other teams are in the NL are like, crap, we got to do something to make a move now. No, 100%, because like you said, the, the Mookie Betts and David Price trade was just like a big one because you just didn't expect, um, you know, for it to happen like that. You expected, you know, some kind of deals to go through, but I don't think anyone expected them to go through like this. And then when I know you had texted me and said this, we didn't hear anything about, we had heard rumors that David Price might get included in a deal. Something might happen along those lines. But the fact that David Price and Mookie Betts went to the Dodgers showed you the Dodgers were not playing around. Um, they, they wanted to make the move. They've been rumored for a while to always be in on the free agents. And I know you've you know laughed about certain ones because you were like, ah, oh, they missed out on another person. But you got to think here, they, they made a really good move here. And they get a big-time player in Mookie Betts, and they get a pretty good veteran pitcher in David Price. So big move for them. You see, like you said, the other dominoes falling. And now Chris Bryant being talked about to the Phillies or the Nationals. So a lot of moves still in place, and it's going to be really interesting to see how this kind of pans out to continue to see who makes the next move. I almost feel like the Chris Bryant deal only has two weeks to be done because it's so rare to see teams trade while other people i mean can you imagine being chris bryant coming to training camp and then two days later hey um you gotta come up the field you're uh going across this you know across the state of florida or i don't know if they're in arizona or whatever so i have a feeling that uh that deal it's got to be within the next two weeks if you i mean do you feel the same way like it's kind of hard you never really see big trades while people are already in spring training i feel like it's got to happen in two weeks i think we can see the trade happen like you said i don't think i think it happens before spring training really is in full effect um, or they wait till after right before the season starts. But that's like a very small window. So like you said, I agree. If they can't get this done in the next few weeks, I don't see it happening before the regular season starts because it's just a weird timing to trade someone. And I can't remember if it's ever happened. I'm sure there's a trade that I really didn't look too much into it. That's happened, but you usually don't see them happen very close to spring training, like right as the end of it or even during it. It's usually something that happens before or maybe like a roster move where it's like a player that was on the fringe of making it gets traded, but you don't usually see like that big block blockbuster trade go through. Yeah, usually it's like a small one. Um, I guess staying on baseball, I'll let you touch on this. The Mets, who were supposed to be sold, you called me, you're cheering in your car, you're cheering at work, and then we got the update last night, and it all fell through. It's pretty much a done deal now. It's not going to happen. It's off the table. The Mets, they said now it's going to be auction-style type. Uh, I'll let you take the floor on this one. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, 
I, a lot of a lot of things went through my head, man, on this one. And honestly, I'd like to hear your opinion first because I, I've told you how I feel about it, and I'd like to just see what you think as a fan. Because obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna have more of a you know intake because I'm a Mets fan and have a bigger take on it. What do you think, just as a baseball fan, when you see teams like this getting sales fall through, and then you know just not seeing them compete the way they should? I think it's bull crap. I mean, the guy has $13.8 billion. Now they're saying he may never be able to own a team. And you're not going to blame the owner. I mean, you're not going to blame them. MLB can't step in. I mean, this is just ridiculous. I mean, it took the Mets all but two months to screw this up. And, you know, I'm not harping on your team, but this is just ridiculous, dude. Like, that owner is just like either he doesn't want to get rid of the team or he is thinking, oh, man, maybe they'll turn this. I really think the owner was like, crap, you know, we got Seppi coming back. He's like, maybe I can win something this year. I really think that's what his mindset was, that he could win a championship. But in reality, this team's just going to, until they change owners, it's bad. I mean, this, I mean, like I said, we, I live in Maryland. The Orioles' ownership is bad. I mean, this could be, this is New York's version of the Orioles. I mean, obviously the team's not bad, but the ownership is just, it's ridiculous, man. This deal should, should have happened. I don't know why it didn't happen. And MLB needs to step in and figure out what's going on. Yeah, and and I agree. Uh, I've gone back and forth on this, man. Though this is not the first time that a deal's fallen through with the Wolpons, um, with them trying to sell. I don't think it's so much of what they see is coming back because you know the Wolpons had the issue back with the the Madoff, you know Bernie Madoff when that happened. They had some money issues. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that. They always try to sneak something in last second, is what I hear. Uh, I suppose that there was something they added to the deal and. Uh, Steve Cohen was not a fan of it. He was like, I don't like that they try to add something at the last second, which rightfully so. If you're in a business deal with someone, you like to know that you're working with someone that you could trust on the other side. So the fact that they were trying to sneak something in, whether it was a large or a small thing, to him it might have just been a thing that he didn't like. Um, you know, I'm sure more reports will come out, but it looks like the MLB commissioner today pretty much came out and said that the deal's pretty much off, that, that it's not something that's coming to the table. Um, and it's just sad as a Mets fan because – they're in a they're in a big market, maybe the biggest market uh, to some people, and you know to many it is, and I would say it's the biggest market in sports in New York. And they just don't have they don't show the payroll that they should be having to compete. I mean, you look at the Yankees, and I'm not saying it's about spending money on every free agent, but the Mets should be in on trades on Mookie Betts. The Mets should be in on big free agents. It shouldn't be, hey, we're at this number, we're done for the season. That shouldn't be what the New York Mets are doing. And I'm not saying that you need to pay all these guys to win championships, but it shouldn't be something where you're afraid to go over the luxury tax for a year because you're like, hey, we can get this guy and we can, this guy's going to make our team better. If you're going to sit there and tell me now that the Mets wouldn't be better with Mookie Betts on their team, you're, you're mistaken. You're mistaken. And that's the thing with the Wopons. They will not spend the money. And they've shown time and time again that they're only willing to make little moves here and there. Look at the year the Mets went to the World Series 2015. The next season, they have Daniel Murphy, they have Ioannis Cespedes, and I talked about this today, and I continue to talk about this today. I still think that Cespedes had to be re-signed. I get it because he was the big power bat off a season when they traded for him. He, he made that extra push for them to get to the playoffs. Obviously, you see the run they go on to the World Series, don't ultimately win it, but get there. This team had the pieces in place, and all of the, a lot of these guys were young guys that were on very reasonable contracts. The fact that the Mets couldn't find the money to re-sign Cespedes and Daniel Murphy, especially after Murphy's been a guy that's with the Mets all of his career, is still bizarre to me. 
And then not only that, they let him go to an in-division rival for not that much money, to be honest with you, for at the time what he was capable of and what he was doing. After the postseason he had, I get he was going to get more money. But the Mets should have re-signed Daniel Murphy. They should have re-signed you on Cespedes. They went to the playoffs the next year. They obviously get eliminated in the wild card round, uh, not the season they were hoping for. But it's like after that, it just they never found that same stride. And it's just, to me, it's bizarre because they just didn't want to go and spend the money and even just keep the people they had on the team. Never mind go after these big free agents. Um, because, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I get it sometimes. Some of these contracts are like, wow, 10 years, 300 plus million for one play. And it's a lot. I get it. But you have to be in on these conversations when you're on a, in a market like New York. And the fact that the Mets continue to not be in on big free agents because they say, hey, we don't have the money is, is, is crazy to me. And I just don't know when it's going to stop. And as a fan, it's just upsetting. Cause, and I really hope the MLB steps in because there's no reason that this should continue to happen. This is the second time a deal now. If it ends up not going through with uh, Cohen, is going to fall through. And the only thing that we continue to see is the co- as a, is the Wilpons are still the owners, and unless they're going to change their minds and make big moves and try and do something else, which I don't see happening because this has been the way it's been for you know quite a bit of time now. I don't I don't see an end in sight for you know the Mets continuing to be those big big players. Did you cut off? What happened there? No, I'm still here. What, what oh, okay. happened? It's like you hit the mute button real quick. <laughs> oh, no, I'm still here. No, no, I agree with you 100%, man. And we'll, we'll have to, this, we'll see how this develops um, down the road and everything. But um, let's uh, shift gears. I would like to shift gears back to some football. Uh, we have a new league coming out this weekend. Uh, the XFL, I guess, new, re, like us, re-debuting. Um, how do you feel about this? Are you going to give it a chance? Oh, without a question. Uh, I was actually a fan of the XFL when it originally took place back in, oh man, what was that, the early 2000s, Matt? Is that right? I was, a, I was a fan of the kickoff. Yeah, the kickoff was awesome to me. Um, but I actually had season tickets to the New York, New Jersey Hitmen. Um, had a jersey. I don't know if I could find it. Um, obviously, the Hitmen didn't make the return in this new, uh, this new creation of the league that's back now. Uh, but they do have a team here in Florida, the Tampa Bay Vipers, that I will be uh, watching. It will be my team, I guess, for this one. I know D.C.'s got a team. I think the D.C. Defenders. The Defender so, Cardell Jones, yeah. our quarterback, former Ohio State boy. Yeah, so it's going to be really interesting to see. I know they have a lot of different rules. One of the rules um, I had heard, and this one's interesting to me, is the overtime rules. I don't know if you saw this one, Matt. Basically, I love it. I love it. Off- yeah, the offense and the defense are on the field at the same time for both teams on different sides of the field, and they play. If one team scores, the other team has to match. If not, the game's over. So it's every I thought they all get five minutes or five tries like soccer. Okay, see, so yeah, I, didn't, I didn't see that exact rule, but that, just the concept that both teams are going to get both sides of the ball get a shot. There's no returning it on an interception or something like that on the defense. If they don't score, they don't score, and then vice versa. So maybe that is it. I didn't hear that part. That's really awesome. It's, it's a shootout. It's basically a shootout soccer style. You, they go on each end. You just go back and forth. Best out of five, pretty much. I love it. I think it's great. Um, the kickoff I heard about, that's going to be a little different. Did they announce official? I didn't see it. Did they announce the coin tosses back, the quote-unquote coin toss? I, don't, they did I, don't, it? I haven't heard anything. I, don't think, I think it's regular yeah. coin toss. Okay. Well, that, that was actually one of the coolest things I thought about that. Um, but it'll be interesting. Um, I'm definitely excited to see it. They have some good players. Like you just said, Cardell Jones. I know um, Connor Cook 
also from Mich- uh, Aaron from Michigan Murray State. from Aaron Georgia. Murray. Connor Cook, I actually just saw, I think recently, actually is not the starter. He uh, was not named the starter for his team. Someone else took the, has got the job over. I think it was PJ Williams, I think I saw. Um, so, but a lot of, a lot of talented players that were maybe just removed from the NFL last year are now joining the XFL. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how it goes how down. How long before Johnny Menzel joins it? You know, th- there's been rumors that they were saying, oh, this team should get him, this team should get him. But who knows? You know, who knows what's going to happen? And the other big question is how many of the people that are in the XFL play this season? You know, they played, I think it's eight or 10 weeks. And get a chance in the NFL. And then get a chance in the NFL later. later. Got to, hey, get we a, saw it. Tommy Matt, it's MVP, and then look, took, took the Steelers to almost a Super Bowl. Right. So how many of them get a chance to at least go over and get a spring training invite? You know, uh, it's going to be really awesome. I, I think you just anytime, said spring training invite, by the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> training camp invite uh, and get maybe a chance with an NFL team in August, you know, time and or, you know, see what happens. It's going to be cool. Um, it's it's always good to have more football. I know football is my favorite sport to watch. So the fact that we're still going to have some kind of football in some kind of form, it's, it's just awesome to me. Um, I'm really excited. I can't say enough good things. I hope it's good. I know the first time around it was met with kind of, you know, mixed reviews. I'm hoping everything works out because, like I said, you know, we had that other league that tried, was it the AAF? Is that right? Yeah, and for two kinda, weeks. Yeah, and it didn't pan out. They, uh, you know, unfortunately weren't were having well, money I think, issues. I think, this, I think there's more money in this league. Yeah, so there's more money. Let's hope because, like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of players here that have talent that were just in the NFL recently, and I think it's a good opportunity for them to have another chance at the NFL. And if not, they have a great alternative here if this is a league that can stick. Huh? Yeah, and um, speaking of the owner, um, obviously it's Vince McMahon, who also owns the WWE. Uh, me and you are both wrestling fans. Wrestling is now considered well, them sports entertainment. Featured on ESPN. So let's just real quick for some viewers that love wrestling, let's talk about it. Um, the biggest news in wrestling. Let's go ahead. Edge, nine years. He's back yeah, after awesome. retiring. Um, never thought he could wrestle again. Was almost at one point I think he could walk again. Um, I think for the business, especially for WWE, that that's a huge deal for wrestling, especially guys who grew up in the Attitude Era. That this that Edge is back. Oh yeah, um, and I know you and I were actually on Xbox while it was happening, and I just remember first like, "Oh, what's this?" And then when the reaction actually hit, and we were like, "Oh my god!" Like it's actually happening. Edge is back because, like you said, I remember it oh, almost ten years ago. I think it was nine years ago, almost if it, if it might be around that time, the exact amount of time. I'm not 100 percent positive. I think it was nine years where he announced he had to retire. And I remember it was just like a while, like we couldn't believe it. And the fact that he came back from those neck surgeries and has an opportunity, Uh, you know, you saw it with Daniel Bryan a year or two ago where he was able to return from having similar issues where they were forced him to retire. So it's just an awesome time because seeing Edge back and he looked, you know, he looked to be in great shape, had a great showing in the Rumble. And now you see what happened on Raw uh, last week that him and Randy Orton are setting up a few who are to me are two of the greatest of all time. Just unbelievable. Uh, I can't even put it into words when I first saw it. I must have watched that clip about 20 to 25 times in the week that it happened. Same here. It was just great. It was great. Um, The whole Royal Rumble to me was one of the better ones that we've seen in a while from start to finish. I thought the the men's Royal Rumble had great spots, you know, started off kind of with Brock Lesnar doing what he did, but 
it was just a great a great show and ended with a new main event talent being elevated to a big spot and drew mcintyre now will go to wrestlemania and face brock lesnar so i can't say enough good things with the returns um and just the women's royal rumble how uh, the nxt showed out for i think the women's rumble definitely especially with bianca belair being uh, a star in the making on the royal rumble night just a great show overall and i'm excited to see where they go uh from here yeah it's definitely gonna be a great road to wrestlemania um god i think we covered everything this week we're going to cover um i do want to go ahead and say for next week i feel like it's a must tune in episode uh next week we me um me myself myself anthony chris we're going to discuss the aaron hernandez documentary so definitely tune in to next week's episode i think it's gonna be a more serious tone episode especially discussing that so, um, yeah, I would say tune in next week for sure. I'm sure Anthony can agree next week is going to be a little slightly different tone discussing that for, you know, probably a good amount of the show. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, we, we all had a chance to watch that documentary, and now we'll all get a chance to discuss it. And definitely next week, definitely listen to that if you got a chance to watch it or if you haven't, maybe go watch it and then listen in with us and give us some feedback on what you thought about it as well. Yep, um, that's going to do it for uh, this week's episode. Uh, once again, we're back every week. Uh, once we talk to our amazing producer, Paul, I think I think we're going to try to start doing Tuesdays, but obviously it's not live anymore. So, you know, we'll get the episode out as soon as uh, he finishes cutting it up and everything, because trust me, there are some funny bloopers that he somehow likes to sneak in there every once in a while. I know he's back, and I know he's sitting there laughing at his computer, so you can speak up whenever you want, Paul. He's going to stay quiet. Um, <laughs> I'm just too busy laughing. <laughs> um, so once again, please follow us. Uh, we're, we don't have the YouTube anymore. YouTube's done, but please follow us on Twitter at Sports Recap Live. I'm doing my best to try to keep up with that as much as I can with, you know, doing, you know, breaking news. Hopefully maybe one day I can get a contact in the sport industry where I could break something. Um, hopefully not a bone. Um, follow us on our iTunes, our iTunes podcast, subscribe, hit that like button, download the episode, give us a review, do whatever you can help us out. Uh, Podbean, that's the one where we're using that for all of you non I do Apple, Apple users is they can go to Podbean. Uh, well, I'll be posting the link to that on the Twitter and the Facebook page. So thanks again for joining us back. Um, Anthony, I know he's loving being back. Paul loves being back. Uh, so catch our next episode sometime next week after Tuesday. Yeah, Paul, next Tuesday? Yep. Yep, sounds good. Oh, and then Paul will uh, post this next episode uh, within the next uh, what, yeah. day or so, I'm assuming. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. When you hear it, it'll be Friday, where you'll be hearing us in the future. So uh, for myself, Paul, uh, Anthony, any closing remarks before we go? No, uh, like you said, you said it all. Uh, thank you again for everyone that's already downloaded the last episode and liked it. We really appreciate it. If you could just continue to get out there and share it with anyone, uh, give us some feedback too. If you didn't like something, if you thought we could do something different, give us a heads up. Um, and like I said, we'll touch more on the Super Bowl. I'm sure again next week because Chris will be back, and we'd love to get his insight as well and a couple other topics. We're always going to try and keep new topics and try and see different perspectives so whatever you got bring it bring it to us we'd love to hear more and you know 
we love feedback and we appreciate all of you for listening and hope you have a good rest of the night. Oh, I should've gotten to my funny story of work yesterday, but I guess not. Maybe we can use that next week since like you said, we're going to be talking about that. Maybe that'll give another little funny anecdote that we can add to the podcast for next week. Yeah. yeah just newsflash top, top flight security pretty much. <laughs> All right. So once again, for myself, Anthony and Paul, and for Chris, wherever he's eating dinner at, thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a good evening, and we will see you guys next week. Peace. See ya. <laughs>